Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I actually want to start with Jeff's phone call. Uh, Before I get into any other topic, he's been waiting very patiently. And Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? Man, we're doing all right. How about you, Eric? Good. What's going on? So I had something I wanted just to share with you. I didn't know what to do with it, but my daughter, who is a freshman at the University of Georgia, sent me a picture of a test question that she got. Um, And I I mean, I know things are liberal and it's kind of hard to shock me, but I was a bit shocked by this question. It's a true-false question, and it reads like this. Today, many Republican politicians are focused on stirring up culture wars, including uh, book-banning prohibitions against teaching about racism in the curriculum, showing opposition to wokeness, restricting the freedom of the LGBTQ community, and dividing people against each other based on their group identities, period. Pointing this out, in a multicultural class that must focus on the politics of institutional racism, classism, sexism, etc., sometimes results in students exercising avoidance by referring to higher education merely as so-called liberal agenda, true or false. Okay? I didn't know what to do with that, so I called you. <laughs> so what class is this? It's a, it's a class. She's a freshman at the University of Georgia, and I can't remember the name of the class, although it is, in fact, a required class for her major. Here you go. It's Exploring Sociocultural Perspectives in Education. Oh, fantastic. That's the name See, of the class. I, I, I got to tell you, one, I'm, I'm glad you called about this issue um, because if if I can get on my soapbox on this particular issue, uh, our we're both in Georgia and this state is run top to bottom by Republicans and Republicans control the Board of Regents. And for a teacher to ask a question like that is not only showing an ideological bias of the teacher, but trying to force students into an ideological box. Like for example, the other day, the Washington Post ran a story on book bannings in the state of Oregon that uh, to to protect students, teachers were seeking to ban a book. It was um, To Kill a Mockingbird, and it was oh. progressives who want to ban the book uh, because of the use of the N-word in the book, and it's triggering racial content, and it makes students feel uncomfortable. And, and notice how it's always to protect students when the left does it. Um, so oh, yeah. it, that there, there's nothing... They're not asking anything about the left there. It's all about vilifying Republicans in that question. Uh, I I do think if there are members of the Board of Regents or members of the state legislature in Georgia, I don't understand for the life of me why Republican members of the state legislature in Georgia don't have hearings on this stuff uh, and expose this stuff in legislative hearings. That question is a blatantly stack the deck against Republicans question, uh, misleading uh, in certain ways. It's not Republicans starting culture wars. It's Republicans responding, for example, to uh, progressivism and progressive culture wars. They didn't start the fire. Progressives did. 
Um, it, it's all so demeaning to the right and to force a kid in there. It essentially tells conservative kids you're not welcome in this education class. So I'm, I'm glad you raised it. I'm glad to shed the light on it. And, and I hope I, I know there are enough. Oh, I'm getting a text message right now from a member of the state legislature. In, in fact, Jeff, I, I'm looking. Let me get my sticky note here. I can right. see your number um, and yep. I'm writing it down um, because if you don't mind me um, passing along your information, I, I'm there are inquiring minds who are shocked that that question. So if you don't mind one more time, Jeff, will you read the question on the test, the true or false question one more time? I will read it. If you'll hang on one second, let me pull it back up. Yep. Um, by the way, Eric, I wanted to mention to you. I appreciate you so much as a fellow Christian and a fellow member of the bar. Those two circles overlap so infrequently. Um, it's, it's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, it, it really is one of those things these days, and I'm still paying my freaking bar dues, and I hadn't practiced law since 2006. <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you. Again, I really do appreciate you. I appreciate your honesty and your candor. Um, I agree with you on most things, but I always appreciate your willingness. I tell my I tell my children all the time, Eric. Listen, if you have the truth, you have a chance to win. Amen. If you don't have the truth, if you don't have the truth, you don't even have a chance. So I appreciate your willingness to do that. So here's the question: Today, many Republican politicians are focused on stirring up culture wars, including book banning prohibitions against teaching about racism in the curriculum, showing opposition to wokeness, restricting the freedoms of the LGBTQ community, and dividing people against each other based on their group identities, period. Pointing this out in a multicultural class that must focus on the politics of institutional racism, classism, sexism, etc., sometimes results in students exercising avoidance by referring to higher education merely as a so-called liberal agenda. True or false? So, <laughs> wow. Could you not ask a yep. more loaded, stacked question uh, <laughs> with, with bias? And that, that actually tells you the biases of the teacher right there. Good grief. So, look, I, I appreciate oh, it. I, 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 I have a, a couple of bites on this. I'm going to pursue this further, Jeff. I'll let you go there, but thank you for being patient with me. I'm glad you waited as long as you did to get on here because this is the sort of stuff that we have to deal with in, in academic institutions that are taxpayer-funded. No teacher has any business asking a loaded question like that. Now, if you're a progressive, you agree with that question. Here's the problem. Conservatives don't. For example, there are no uh, prohibition on teaching racism in classrooms. There, there's none. No Republican politician, including Ron DeSantis, has pursued that. Conservatives haven't started cultural fights. Conservatives have responded to the cultural fights of the left. We haven't started any of them. Conservatives, Republicans, have not banned any books. The people banning books are progressives. They're banning books. All conservatives are doing is saying, put them in age-appropriate locations. And there is no such thing as institutional racism in this country, and yet this teacher is trying to teach that there's institutional racism to indoctrinate students. So, yes, it is left-wing pablum uh, that this teacher is teaching at this mandatory class for a freshman student at the University of Georgia. 
Why aren't Republicans in the state legislature holding hearings on this stuff? Republicans in Florida did, and they forced changes at these institutions of higher learning. If Republicans do not respond in kind to the left's culture war, if Republicans don't fight back, they win. They fundamentally win. You've got to respond to this sort of stuff. You've, you've got to fight back on this stuff. Conservatives, conservative policymakers, conservative legislators, they, they kind of over time gave up fighting institutions of higher learning. They gave up fighting colleges and universities. Ron DeSantis in, in Florida has been fighting back more and more, and he's actually winning. He's putting points on the board. He's forcing out bad professors. But across the nation, in states that are led by Republicans with Republican legislatures, they're, they're really, they don't do anything. They, they don't fight back against this sort of insanity. Why are you using taxpayer funds to fund this stuff? Why aren't you using your Board of Regents to fight back on this stuff? This is not about academic freedom. This is about academic capture by the left where they're intending to turn students against you. They're intending to turn the next generation against you. There is a reason so many students in this country come out of college woke because the academics are pushing them. And we're seeing the fallout of this now with a bunch of people in the streets of this country championing the genocide of the Jews because that's what they learned in college. In subtle ways and less subtle ways, they saw the were taught the entire world is between occupier and occupied. And Israel, because of the light skin color of most of the Jews in charge of Israel and the dark skin color of most of the Palestinians, they were taught that the lighter the skin color, the greater the occupation force against the occupied, the poor brown people of the Middle East, never mind that Israel has ancient claims going back thousands of years. They were occupied. They were the original occupied, not the original occupier. But you don't learn that in college. In college, they teach kids that we are institutionally racist and systemically racist as, as an institution, as a nation. They make kids feel like victims or victimizers. They do subtle indoctrination. And then this, this class is a class on education. And so they want your child to then go into the elementary, middle, and high schools of America and teach kids about the occupier-occupied relationship and about intersectionality and about wokeism and about systemic institutional racism. And are you any? do you have any wonder why the nation's fallen apart? This is all a subversive plot of the postmodern wokes carrying out a Marxist philosophy to break up this country. This country will never be taken out by forces from the outside. We can only be taken out by people from the inside. And there are plenty of people who want to do it, and most of them are on college campuses. If you are a Republican legislator in the state of Georgia, you should be investigating this class. You should be making this an issue. You should be finding out about this teacher. You should be asking questions. You shouldn't need your local radio show host to be having on people like Jeff to tell you about this. You should be doing it. This is taxpayer money at stake. It's not just student tuition. It's taxpayer money. This is happening at the University of Georgia. This level of indoctrination is happening at the University of Georgia. And you, an elected Republican in the state legislature, you could stamp this out if you chose to. But so many of you are choosing not to 
You're allowing the academy in the state of Georgia to raise up an army of people who will one day vote against you and throw you out of power and keep you out of power because you chose to treat college campuses as neutral ground and the left took advantage of that and will use your declaration of neutrality to destroy you. So Republican legislators, Republican elected officials, are you going to stand up and fight back? Because they're fighting whether you feel it or not. You will one day at the ballot box unless you choose to respond and respond aggressively right now. You have the power to defund this stuff if you so choose. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Here's your bizarro story of the day. Uh, The Anne Frank Daycare Center is going to be renamed. It is a a daycare center in Tengerhut, a small town in Germany and the parents at the daycare center, many of whom are immigrants from the Middle East, are demanding the Anne Frank Daycare Center change its name and so they are going to change its name. Yes, that Anne Frank who died in the Holocaust. Uh, The immigrant parents are upset that the Uh, Daycare center is named after the Jewish girl who died in the Holocaust. They say it's because it's just so difficult to explain who Anne Frank was and the significance to their children. Because they don't think the Holocaust was real. Goodness gracious. Uh, Meanwhile, um, I I just, I I gotta note this. And and I want this on the record. Y'all remember the media coverage, I hope, of the guys in Charlottesville, Virginia with the tiki torches. And you remember the pro-life rally where the media vilified Nicholas Sandman for his supposed racist treatment of an American Indian. Uh, And Nicholas Sandman won the, the libel case against the media for vilifying him, but the media used him as a poster boy for white nationalism at at a pro-life rally. They vilified him, assassinated his character, and they lied about him, and he he sued them and won, and it turned out the American Indian was the provocateur anyway. But you remember the incessant coverage of the Nicholas Sandman incident. You remember the incessant coverage of the Tiki Torch Whites in Charlottesville. You remember the incessant coverage of how racist and anti-Semitic the the white people voting for Trump are. You remember all of that. It's been within the last four, five, six years. You were all alive. You all remember it. How many of you have heard any of the same news outlets report on the swastikas being held up at the rally outside the White House? Hmm? The rally at the White House this weekend. The supposedly pro-Palestinian protesters had signs with swastikas on them, Nazi swastikas. Remember, the bias in the media is not always 
how they cover something, but also what they choose to not cover. That's an admission of bias by the media or an example of bias by the media is if it were Republicans who supported Donald Trump holding up SWAT stickers, it would be the lead story on the nightly news. But because it's not, because it is Hamas supporters outside the White House holding up the SWAT stickers, the media chooses not to report it. It would be all over MSNBC if it were Trump supporters. But because it's Hamas supporters, MSNBC stays quiet. The real bias in the press is how they don't cover stories that make the left reveal their own bad character. And holding up SWAT stickers, I assure you, it's a sign of bad character that the media prefers you not to know about because they were Hamas supporters. I also don't know if there's another bank in Iowa, a farmer's bank has gone out of business in Iowa. Uh, They've shut it down, regulators have. In fact, 10 regional banks have had their credit downgraded and more are closing. They're racking up profits except for these closed banks. It's all sorts of problems. Um, Swiss America is trying to sound the alarm about it and educate people on the secret war on cash and the assault on freedom that's going along with it. Soaring interest rates, banks turning on collapse, some of them starting to collapse in an economy the Democrats tell you is just super good. Swiss America wants to educate you on how to save your hard-earned assets now. Go read their report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. It's an all-out war on cash. It includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading daily. Uh, complicity between the government and businesses. Go read The Secret War on Cash. It is free to all of you. All you have to do is mention my full name, Eric Erickson. You call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You call or text my name, Eric Erickson, 800-289-2646. Or you go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can go there now or 800-289-2646. Message and data rates will apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me, although you need to be on topic today. We need to tune in to and and focus on some of the raw politics out there um, that is happening in the country, including in Iowa. It's happening today. Governor Kim Reynolds is one of the more popular governors in the nation and is very popular in Iowa, and she has a huge machine to turn out the vote in Iowa, and she has deployed it successfully for Republicans ever since she first got elected. She's been reelected now in her second term, and today in Iowa, she is endorsing Ron DeSantis for President of the United States. Uh, A lot of people suspected she would do this, but she's been somewhat coy. She's been very even-handed with all of the candidates out there in particular. She has been 
um, open to all of them, other than really Trump, who's just insulted her the whole way through because she would not out of the gate endorse him. So he's attacked her pretty relentlessly for that, and she's not endorsing him. She is endorsing DeSantis and will move her machine behind Ron DeSantis. Now, this actually matters when it comes to a number of other candidates. Uh, Her supporting Ron DeSantis probably cripples any Nikki Haley upward momentum. Listen, the, the, the DeSantis team, or supporters, I should say, not his team, his supporters, uh, they they whisper to themselves in the mirror that Haley's surge is not real. Um, and they can say that all they want, uh, but it's real. It probably, though, stops with Kim Reynolds in Iowa. The problem for DeSantis is that as, as Haley rises in Iowa, he's got to fight her off from catching up to him, and he's also got to figure out a way to combat Trump. And he can't consolidate the other people in the race behind him. With Kim Reynolds consolidating all of her support behind him, it probably stops Nikki Haley's rise. It also probably eliminates Tim Scott from competition. Tim Scott is out of money. Tim Scott's, um, his his, uh, Super PAC can't run ads for him now. They had been running ads for him. Tim Scott's Super PAC is, is on the sidelines now. They don't have the money to run ads for him. Tim Scott doesn't have the money to run ads for himself. Tim Scott says he's going to basically be boots on the ground in Iowa from now till the caucuses. He can't. He's got to be in the Senate working. As he stays in Iowa, it allows Nikki Haley to make up ground in South Carolina. Nikki Haley has surged into second place in second in in um, South Carolina and in New Hampshire behind Trump. Tim Scott, the native son South Carolinian, is not giving Nikki Haley a run for her money in his own shared state with her of South Carolina. He doesn't have a path forward. Now, I, I listen, I, 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 I say this, and it pains me to say it because I really like the guy, but there's no reason for Tim Scott to stay in this campaign. There, there really is no reason. Uh, the only thing he can do if he even makes the debate stage is to try to make a spectacle of himself, and he's not comfortable doing that, which means it's not going to come off authentically if he tries to do it, so Scott probably needs to bow out. The other question is what happens with Sununu. Uh, John Sununu, or Chris Sununu, rather, in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley's in second place there. Here's the problem. Uh, if if you get Chris Sununu behind Haley, you get Kim Reynolds behind DeSantis, it keeps the race from consolidating behind an alternative to Trump. All of this benefits Trump. Chris Sununu says he wants to stop Donald Trump. Kim Reynolds thinks it's time to move on from Donald Trump. So you've got uh, DeSantis in Iowa. Sununu hasn't endorsed anyone in New Hampshire. He's been on the ground and campaigned across the state with Chris Christie. He's crossed the state with Mike Pence. He's done it with Tim Scott. He's done it with Nikki Haley, and he's done it with Ron DeSantis. A lot of people have suspected he would go with um, Haley because of the DeSantis populist streak. And again, I I think all of this helps Trump. You all know my standing on this. I I think he can win the general election, but I think that you'd spend way more money to get Trump elected than you would have to with any of the other candidates. That money would then not go to help us get the Senate, and you'd only be getting him four years. He's term-limited out. Meanwhile, you get any of these other candidates and get them for eight years. 
Um, and then, of course, there's that other guy. There's an election tomorrow in Ohio. If you're in Ohio, vote no on the constitutional amendment that would uh, put transgender rights in the Constitution. I know they're saying this about abortion, but the way it's written, it would also affirm transgender rights in the Ohio Constitution and would make abortion a constitutional right until the moment the child is completely out of the womb. Leave one foot in the womb, you can still kill the kid. That That's how broadly written this abortion amendment is in Ohio. It needs to be stopped. But the big elections are in Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin is trying to thread a needle without alienating voters as best he possibly can. And he's compromising, I think, on abortion or trying to. Here he is. He was on ABC with George Stephanopoulos. And Youngkin, Governor Youngkin, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. That 15-week that ban is at front and center in the campaign right now. Uh, are you worried that it's going to cost you the, le- the, the legislature? Well, George, good morning. And uh, there, are, there are huge elections in Virginia that on Tuesday, three short days away. And I appreciate you covering them because I think they're the most important elections in America because these issues that are so important to Virginians are also the ones that are going to be so important to Americans next year. And on the topic of abortion, this is a tough topic. It's one of the most divisive topics uh, across Virginia and America today. And, and I'll just remind you that just four years ago in Virginia, there were one, there were one vote away from the Democrats passing a bill that would extend abortion rights all the way up through and including birth paid for by taxpayer money. I really feel that this is a moment for us to come together around reasonable limits where we can protect life at 15 weeks where a baby feels pain with full exceptions in the case of rape and incest and when the mother's life is at risk. And I think this is a place that Virginians can come together. All the way up through birth is way too extreme. This is a place we can come together and settle on a very difficult topic. And I think we can lead here as opposed to fight. That was Glenn Youngkin making his case for a 15-week abortion ban in Virginia. He's got pro-lifers upset with him. Um, At the same time, some pro-lifers, a lot of them actually support this compromise. Now, the big issue, though, is does he run for president of the United States? There is still to this day speculation that if Youngkin's Republicans take the Virginia Senate tomorrow, he will run for president. It's kind of too late. Qualifying has already ended in New Hampshire. He wouldn't be on the ballot in New Hampshire. Move here as a result of the great actions I think we've taken. You've got a lot of Republicans around the country who want you to run for president. As you know, you just saw the poll we had that showed both Joe Biden and Donald Trump unpopular. Now, I know you say you're not going to address this until after uh, the Tuesday election, but I just want to know, uh, have, you, have you ruled out running for president in 2024, or is that still a possibility? Well, well, well George, I am... I'm a, I'm a homegrown Virginian who, who 40 years ago was washing dishes and taking out trash. And to even have my name tossed around in this is incredibly humbling. I'm excited about the fact that people are, are, are encouraged by what's happening in Virginia, where common sense policies really are working, working to generate job growth. And, and we have a huge tax rebate that has gone out. We've had $5 billion of tax relief. People like this. And so I continue to be very focused on Virginia. I've, I've said over and over again. I've been at the Rockingham County Fair, not the Iowa State Fair. I'm campaigning across Virginia and focused on Virginia, not in New Hampshire, not in South Carolina, not in Nevada. I'm focused on Virginia, and that's where my attention will continue to be. Good answer by Young. He's he's too late to run for president. All this wishful thinking, they're, they're unhappy with it. Um, and, and I get that. Um, 
the the electorate out there they want someone new but it's not going to be a guy like Glenn Youngkin it's um it's it's the the media itself wants a fight the fight right now is really and, and this is what people have to wake up to is is Donald Trump versus Joe Biden Nikki Haley and, and versus Ron DeSantis for second place in the Republican primary, consolidation can happen, and one of those could potentially pick off Donald Trump. Look, everybody thinks Donald Trump is so invulnerable right now. If DeSantis somehow won Iowa, if Nikki Haley somehow won New Hampshire, it would, I think, force people to realize Trump's not necessarily inevitable. At the same time, he's looking more and more inevitable because these guys can't figure out how to, how to consolidate the race. Doug Burgum refuses to leave the race. Asa Hutchinson refuses to leave the race. Tim Scott refuses to leave the race. At this point, Chris Christie's doing well in New Hampshire, but nowhere else, and he won't leave the race. Vivek Ramaswamy has no intention of, of being president of the United States. He's just there as a proxy for Trump. He's not leaving the race. But it is a race between Haley and DeSantis for second place. The voters, meanwhile, the voters are genuinely unhappy. Reince Priebus was on with George Stephanopoulos as well. They were talking about all this polling out there. None of it looks good for anybody, but it looks worse for Biden than for Trump. It's the second term that they can clarify the choice on the table. Reince, respond to what John was saying earlier. Are you worried that as as we get to a two-person race, the Donald, Donald Trump's strengths today may become weaknesses by next November? It depends on if... If you look at the electorate today, when I look back at 2016, Donald Trump represented the biggest middle finger that the electorate as a body could find. And what this poll shows and what I see happening across this country is that they're looking for an even bigger middle finger this time. They're more angry today. People are more concerned about where we are in the economy. They said in this poll they're not better off than they were four years ago. They said in, in one of the responses is that the world is falling apart. And, and importantly, it also in this poll, the, the respondents said over 60% of the people said that, that Biden was not mentally up to par. So you combine all of that and the fact that they see Donald Trump as retribution and a big middle finger, the reality is the more it becomes about Donald Trump, I think if, the, if you agree with that, then I think he could get even stronger but, as, but, the, as, as, as we move forward because I, I, none I, I, of these things are affecting Donald Trump. I, I mean, Stephanopoulos doesn't want to hear that. The Democrats don't want to hear that. But the warning signs are everywhere for the Democrats that uh, the more you put Trump forward, the more it helps Donald Trump, the more it hurts Joe Biden, because people remember Trump's presidency and he wasn't a dementia-addled old fool. He might be now. Maybe he is now, but he wasn't then, and people don't know now. They know then, and he's not on Twitter. Banning Donald Trump from Twitter was a, a, a blessing for Donald Trump. But you still have the primaries. And if the primaries consolidate further, I mean, don't think that Donald Trump isn't looking in his rearview mirror at Ron DeSantis. When Kim Reynolds announced yesterday she was going to endorse him today, uh, endorse DeSantis today, the Trump team put out a new anti-DeSantis ad buy. Nikki Haley put out an anti-DeSantis ad buy. Uh, more money has still been spent in this race. It really is a phenomenal statistic when you think about it. More money has been spent in 2023 to beat up Ron DeSantis than to beat up any other candidate or support any other candidate. 
more money has poured into this race to stop Ron DeSantis than to support anyone else or to stop anyone else. And remarkably, DeSantis is still in second place. He may have gone down with all the attacks against him, but he's still in second place. That is kind of remarkable, actually. All right, we got other stuff to talk about, including um, homeschooling. There's some new studies out. Uh, the Washington Post has a big alarm sound, you know, a woke alarm, if you will. The left going nuts that uh, the rise of homeschooling among non-white students, they're really starting to panic over it. But first, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier, and that air purifier wipes out odors. It wipes out smoke odors, litter box odors, pet odors, uh, stinky dog odors, cooking odors, musty odors, you name it, it'll wipe them out, and it really does work. They're small. You can hold them in your hand. They're highly portable. You can plug it in with a USB cord into a car, USB outlet, or you can plug it into the wall, and it packs a wall up. It wipes out those smells. It traps pollen and dust in the air. You can wipe it out on occasion with a with a um, washcloth. It has electrostatic plates. It doesn't have a, a filter. You have no filter subscription. Get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. And you put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, again, it's my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, one for your RV, or your travel bag, wherever you need them. Get three of them for less than $200. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson, the phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me. We got more to go when I got, I got to get into the homeschool stuff, but I need more time. So we're going to do that after the, um, after the break. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you guys in, in Ohio. I've got a lot of listeners in Ohio. I'm on uh, WHIO in Dayton, Ohio, uh, one of the, the Cox Media Group stations. My flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, is owned by CMG. I've got a lot of listeners in Ohio. For reasons I don't understand and have not been able to figure out, I have a massive number of live stream listeners all over Ohio. Uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, um, uh, Youngstown, you name it, I've got a ton of listeners all over the state of Ohio. And I need you guys to know you've got an election tomorrow and you've got a proposed constitutional amendment drafted by the ACLU that would not just support abortion up until the moment of birth, but would also affirm trans rights for minors so that any kid who wants uh, transgender uh, uh, surgery or drugs, they would be protected under the state constitution even against their parents' objections. The ACLU has written this legislation so broadly, so insanely, that uh, this is this is what's going on here. It, it, it is genuinely a, a bizarre, bizarre situation that we find ourselves uh, in in Ohio, and you need to go vote no on this. You need to tell your neighbors to vote no on this, that you are unleashing stuff in your state. You don't even realize you're unleashing because of the broadness of this. And the ACLU and abortion groups, they're in denial, but of course they're in denial. And they're going to win big tomorrow because pro-lifers, I don't think, have countered this effectively in Ohio. They're behind. You know, it's funny. A lot of the major donors of the of the pro-life movement disappeared the moment Roe v. Wade went away. Like, oh, my gosh, it actually worked. I didn't, I didn't think it would. 
So many people could be conveniently pro-life knowing the Supreme Court would protect them. The moment the Supreme Court stopped protecting them, all their pro-life convictions collapsed. It's been very notable to see something like that happen. Um, Very sad to see something like that happen. Yet here we are. Um, So just, I I want you to know, please uh, be opposed to the legislation, um, be just opposed to it, vote no on it, and kill it. And if you're in Virginia, uh, go in Virginia, go vote Republican tomorrow for the state legislature.